And we are back once again. The Four Quarters Podcast is back. It is me. It is me, your True Hill Phenom SP3, back once again with Big Baby. Big Baby. Dre. And we are at two quarters of the Four Quarters Podcast. 50 Cent here, not the uh, uh-huh. Get Rich or Die Trying version, but the two quarters of the Four Quarters Podcast here with the special top five episode where we're breaking down the top five super teams in NBA history. So Dre, tell the people what exactly a super team is to you first. Um, basically, a super team is basically bought to me. <laughs> um, pay as much money as you can to get the best players, regardless of you know what's going on in the league. We have, we've had a lot of super teams. Also, some of them are constructed by trade as well as we We've seen this past year and years prior with teams being built through trade. So, um, damn it, Sid, put your alarm on. Put your alarm on the front side. But uh, that's what time Sid wakes up sometimes. Yeah, sometimes. (laughs) When when he's not working or doing podcasts and stuff. Many um, of them. Many of them, yes. But um, yeah, basically, that's how I see it. What about you? Um, I agree. I feel like a super team is not a team that was uh, made through the draft or even that's even made through free agency. I yeah. feel like well, certain times there it's different. You know, yeah. you may get a free agent that is considered a top five player in the world mm-hmm. and you add them to an already strong team. And yeah, that is considered a super team. But sometimes you'll get a player here, a player that uh, probably was on their outs who just yeah. didn't, when they got on your team, they elevated to superstardom. Mm-hmm. And then you just fell into a super team. There's there's teams like that. Um, to give like an example of a really great team that wasn't a super team, pre-KD Warriors, the 73-9 and nine Warriors, they were not a super team. They drafted Draymond Green. They drafted Stephen Curry. They drafted Klay Thompson. They picked up Andre Iguodala when he was on the outs with Philadelphia, and they thought he was done in the league. They Sean got Livingston. Sean Livingston. They got him when he was pretty much everyone thought he was done in the league because of that Barnes. injury. Harrison Barnes, he got drafted to them too. So they are not a super team. They were a really great, phenomenal team. But not a super team. But they the, they turned into a super team eventually, and, and we will get into that. Yes. Uh, the the San Antonio Spurs of the great Popovich Tim Duncan era. Always you had Duncan who was drafted number one with the San Antonio Spurs. You had Tony Parker who was the last pick of the first round mm-hmm. during his draft. You had Manu Ginobili who was a second round uh, draft pick, and of course before that David Robinson he was also drafted the San Antonio Spurs. Yep. So every one of their all star to star players were through the draft and so they're not a super team right and even if we go back further you know a lot of old heads were called some of these teams super teams the lakers the celtics um some of the Sixers teams with, with dr j um again a lot of those teams were built through draft uh, i know people are like oh well with the lakers they traded for kareem yes they traded for kareem kareem was close to being done Couple years off, yeah. but but well, he was still in his prime. He was when still he, in when his, he when he, he went to the Lakers. He was in his prime. I think they drafted James Worthy as well. Yeah, um, but honestly, they they made the trade for Kareem and then they drafted uh, Magic Johnson. Right. So they had no idea. Uh, although no Magic, idea. yeah, although yeah. Magic Johnson was a number one draft pick, they had no idea he would be a top. 
10 right. player all time when right. they drafted him. Also, with the Celtics, they drafted Bird, they drafted Mikhail, I believe they drafted Dennis Johnson, Danny Ainge. They, they made a trade for Parrish, yeah. but that was it. That was yeah. pretty much it. Yeah, so, um, and with the Sixers, I, um, I brought up, they got Dr. J um, with ABA merger from, I believe, from the, the Nets. Nets. Mm-hmm. And um, they drafted or traded for Moses yeah. Malone. Yeah. Um, again, the team that, that's the only team that won the finals. Um, again, stuff like that, I wouldn't consider it. Even the Bulls with Michael Jordan drafted Jordan. Drafted Pippen. Traded for Pippen. Traded and uh, traded, traded for, for Pippen, Pippen in the draft. Basically. Yeah, yeah, from the so, Santa, from the Seattle Supersonics. Right. So they kind of sort of drafting, but not really. Yeah. But um, traded for Rodman. Um, yeah. I believe. And Rodman was not. Right. Uh, he not wasn't even viewed, in good shape then. Yeah. He like, was, and he wasn't even viewed as the top defender before right. he got on the the Bulls. He got on the Bulls and then became the top defender yeah. in the league. Um. Who else? Kukos. Brought over from overseas. Uh, Luke Longley drafted, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Um, so, a lot of teams coming up, they were looked at as super teams because they had two to three good star players, but a lot of them were homegrown talent. Yes. Here, like when we talk about certain teams, let's talk about a team that we don't have on the list. Let's talk about... Uh, Let's talk about the 2012 season, because because yes. yes. in general, yes. that's what I was getting to. <laughs> the super the super team. Uh, a lot of people will give like the credit to uh, the the Boston Celtics mm-hmm. to of uh, bringing back the super teams. I don't really give them the credit mm-hmm. because KG was at the end of his career. Mm-hmm. So was Ray Allen, and they just teamed up with another guy who was at the end of his prime yeah. in Paul Pierce, and then they won a championship. Although I do view that they are a super team, I don't feel like they started a super team epidemic right. like LeBron did in 2010 mm-hmm. with the with the choice of the decision and basically orchestrating the him and Chris Bosh joining Dwayne Wade in Miami. And the fact that they went to the finals one year and then the championship the next, it changed the NBA. It changed right. the NBA completely. Once LeBron and that Miami Heat team win the championship in 2012, we see a whole epidemic of everyone right. tried to have a super team. Right. For Whether sure. it, uh, we And there's one team I just thought of that we didn't even put on our board that we're looking at here. The 2012-2013 New York Knicks. Carmelo Anthony, Jason Kidd, <laughs> Chauncey Billup. Like, it was a broke-ass attempt at a super team, ugh. but it was a super team attempt. It was an attempt at a super team. That's another one. But damn 2000... Crack, that damn crackhead could have made that team. <laughs> like, come on. <laughs> but the super team epidemic started in 2012 after the Heat won the championship. You had the Nets who orchestrated the deal where they traded literally their whole draft picks. They traded their future. We just now got our picks back. Like, last year, we just now got our picks back. That's just, see, I, that was during the time I was on the outs as a Knicks fan. And I was like, oh, the Nets are cool because I love KG. I love Paul Pierce. So, and I've liked the Nets since they were in New Jersey. I was just looking for a reason to just not like the Knicks anymore. <laughs> then they brought over KG and Paul. I'm like, oh, hi. At that time, Hyped. I was looking at the specifics of the trade. And, like, during the year, I thought about it. I'm like, they kind of got all these people for, like, just out of random. So, I'm looking into it. They got Paul Pierce, KG, and Jason Terry. People, a lot, of, a lot of people know that Jason Terry is part of that trade. They also had Andre Karolinko, one of the best defenders in, in the league ever. Yes, that doesn't get enough credit. Yes, um, 
bro, they traded draft picks for years, P- picks and pick swaps and and all this other shit. <laughs> and, and mind you, I think I think just to break I, up the lead, the the them like two years later. I, if I'm if I'm not mistaken, I feel like uh, Brooklyn didn't Brooklyn make the playoffs the year prior to that because they had uh, Darren yeah, Williams and Brooke Lopez, or they were on the Cubs. If, the if, Cubs, they, they, if they didn't make the playoffs, they were right there. They were like right ninth there. or tenth place to just making the playoffs because they had Darren Williams, who was an All Star point guard. They had Brooke Lopez, who was one of the best centers in the East. So they joined up with KG, Paul Pierce, Jason Terry, Andre Karolinka, Joe Wallace, was Joe Johnson. Was Joe, on that team. Joe, I show Joe. Shout outs to him. Just Brooke Lopez. Just a lot going on, and they just traded everybody. They traded their soul and the souls of their grandchildren to get a playoff berth. And that was, was about it. That's about it. I want to. I want to see what exactly. I'm gonna get the record here for the Brooklyn Nets in 2000, uh, <laughs> 2012, 2013. Uh, yeah, they got a. So their final, they were second in the Atlantic Division, and they went forty nine and thirty three. They were coached by uh, Avery Avery Johnson that year as well. So <sighs> I feel bad for Avery Johnson. <laughs> it's like it's like it's so it's so bad. Let me go through that roster. Let me let me. This was no, actually the twelve and thirteen. It was two thousand thirteen, two thousand fourteen. Yeah, yeah. two thousand twelve. And um, they were pretty good. The yeah, that, that, that was actually, actually the, like good. I said, they made the playoffs before yeah. they made that trade. But, Jesus Christ. And then after, they actually went down. Because I, I forgot. Cause, and that's when I realized I had the wrong year. Because yeah. Avery Johnson was the year before they got the, that people. Because Jason Kidd was the co- was, uh, coaching for that team. The 44 and 33, 38 uh, Brooklyn Nets. So they had KG and Kevin Garnett. They had Jason Collins. Uh, Reggie Evans, Ugh. Joe Johnson, Andre Karolinko, uh, three-time NBA champion Sean Livingston. Not at the time, but he is now. He was there. Uh, Brooke Lopez, Paul Pierce, Mason Plumley, uh, Tyshawn Taylor, Marquis uh, Teague, Jason Terry, Deron Williams. Oh, Deron Williams! Jesus Christ, I hate him too. <laughs> Oh man, injury prone crybaby forced his way to the Nets just not to do nothing. He's kind of the Carmelo Anthony of the Brooklyn Nets. Oh, He's kind of the Carmelo Anthony of the Brooklyn oh. Nets. But that the reason why we remembered uh, 2012 instead of uh, instead of the year 2013 2014 was the season with the Brooklyn Nets is because of the other team that took the memo from the Miami Heat and decided to go all in on a super team. And yes. I am talking about my lovely and dear Los Angeles Lakers. Yes, the Los Angeles Lakers. After after coming up short on a super team all those years ago with Carl Malone and Gary Payton, they decided one more game. One more game. We're going to try this super team business. And my oh my, how badly, how badly that shit failed. That shit failed so Bad. I couldn't believe what I was seeing. Oh, I want to tell you a y'all roster for that, and which is why I'm really surprised that they didn't go anywhere. Let's start with Steve Blake. I, I love well, first Blake. of all, you got to tell them that we were uh, 45 and yes. 37. 45 and 37. Um, where were you guys in, in the mix? You guys just made it. 
Yeah, we just made the playoffs. Just made it. it was all due to Kobe Bryant and amazing performance in the last 15 games of the season. But then, yes, we then, barely he, made it. And then he hurt himself. Yes, on the last game tier, of the tier, season. Tier two. Oh, God. Uh, Steve Blake, um, Kobe, of course, Earl Clark, Chris Duhon, you know, a Knicks favorite. Pau Gasol, Jordan Hill, another Knicks favorite. Dwight Howard, um, who SP3 has had a, a hate, hate. <sighs> oh, God. Antoine Jameson, who was team hopping by that time. Um, one of really good power forwards. Jody Meeks, who ended up being a decent player. Darius Morris, I don't know where he's at now. Steve Nash, who was injured for th- 32 games, basically. Robert Sacre. And and Meta World Peace. Meta! Meta was still on the team. He was still holding on for dear life. He was just on the team. He Literally wasn't doing anything the, for the no, team. No, he played 75 games. But he only averaged like five points per game. <sighs> that was a hard season to, to watch. Kobe had seven, played 78 games that year, too. Yes. And he played hard each and every one of them. Yeah. Dwight played 76, too. So did Antoine Jameson. Man, fuck Dwight Howard. That's all I got to say. That's all I got to say is fuck Dwight Howard. Man, fuck Mike Brown. Mike Brown was 1-4 as our coach. He got fired within, what, five games? Don't they fuck Mike Brown? Fuck the, the damn organization for not giving him a chance. Well, fuck him. I never wanted him. We never wanted him as our head coach. That was a stupid decision. How do you re- how do you replace Phil fucking Jackson with with Mike Brown? Exactly what they did. <laughs> how how did you do that? Oh god. Anyway, I'll never get over that season. No, I'm sorry. You, you won't. I, I if I'm a Lakers fan, I wouldn't either. So whatever could go wrong, did you go wrong? Like, yeah. I really think that even. If Steve Nash's age, if Steve Nash was healthy that year, even with like and got and, and Kobe did not get injured, yeah, y'all are making it to the finals that year. Y'all, Steve, it, it's, it is Lakers Heat that year. Steve For Nash sure. left the rest of his game in Miami, and Dwight left his back in Orlando. Ugh. Came in with a bad left back. his back, and he left the rest of the game in Phoenix. Steve Nash. Well, yeah, you know, I, mean, I said Dwight left his back in Orlando. He said, he said Steve Nash left the game in Miami. Oh, Miami, yeah. Phoenix, wherever the fuck Steve it's Nash hot, left his game. Wherever it was hot, I don't care about Steve Nash. Fuck him. He never should have won two MVPs. And yeah. I wish we would have never got that, him on the Los Angeles Lakers. That is an episode to come as well because um, one of the, uh, four of those four MVPs, Kobe did get robbed. And with one of those MVPs, Kobe and Shaq got robbed, and Steve Nash won that shit. So we're definitely gonna go through the, um, an MVP episode. Who deserved it? Who didn't deserve it? The most undeserving MVPs is one of our next countdowns. Yes. But we gotta get into this one. Our top five super teams. They've ended the super team era in the NBA, so we are here to put a final bow on it. But Kawhi Thank Leonard. Thank you, Kawhi. Snapped his fingers at. The- the 2018-2019 season, but we got to start all the way back in 1996. 1996 is where we go all the way back to one of the first attempts at a super team. And at number five, we are calling out the 1996-1997 Houston Rockets. The 1996-1997 Houston Rockets. Uh, they went 57 and 25. Yeah. Uh, they finished, they lost in the Western Conference Finals to the uh, Utah Jazz. It was 
Six games. A six-game series, a very dramatic series. I remember, I think it came down to the last shot, didn't it? With uh, uh, John Stockton hitting the game winner to yes. send to send Houston home in mm-hmm. dramatic fashion, but literally they were one shot and one game away from losing to the Chicago Bulls in the NBA Finals. Yes, gotta give it up for the Houston Rockets in 1996-1997. But going through their their uh, lineup for this team, this was the team that picked up all um, multi-time All Star and former former league MVP Charles Barkley. They had on this team Clyde Drexler, who won a championship with them in 94 and 95. Mario Ellie from that 94-95 championship run. Othella Harrington. Uh, <laughs> haven't heard that name in a while. Eddie Johnson. Did, did we hear that name on our Collapse episode? I think so. Yeah. Eddie Johnson. Um, we got Hakeem Olajuwon, Hakeem the Dream. We got Kevin Willis on this team. Uh, a bunch of role players all along, but the names on this one, though, especially like the bigger names, honestly, this should have been the team that lost to the Bulls in the 97 NBA Finals. For sure. This is definitely the team that should have lost to the Bulls. They wouldn't have got swept. Um, I think it would have been six games like it did with Utah, but uh, this is a team that should have got to the finals and, and made a little bit of noise. Charles Barkley could have redeemed himself a little bit, but not all the way because, of course, Jordan would have won. Um, and this was this was, I went I was an NBA fan at this time and I really wanted to see Houston versus uh, the Bulls. I always I always want to see these two powerhouse teams go against each other. And yeah. this was the first time it felt like there was another powerhouse outside of the Chicago Bulls. Right. And from the point that Jordan came back to the NBA, I wanted desperately a Houston versus Chicago finals because Houston dominated the NBA in the two years that Jordan was away. Mm-hmm. So I felt like it was only right that we had Rockets versus Bulls in the finals, but we never got it. Yeah, we never got it. I've always thought about that. What would the Bulls what the Bulls would have done to stop Hakeem Olajuwon and what would the Rockets do to stop Jordan and Pippen? That would have been prop that I think would have been a seven game series. Yeah. I think that would have came down to a last shot. Because they had enough perimeter players where they can throw a bunch of guys at Jordan and Pippen. They right. had they had Ellie. They had especially in like ninety four, ninety five. Yeah. They had Robert Horry who could guard like two to threes and twos. Mm-hmm. They had um, they had a whole bunch of like Ellie Horry. Yeah. Um, Kenny Smith was a decent defender. Sam Cassell was a decent defender. Clyde Drexler, who was still on the team, mm-hmm. he's gone against Jordan a thousand of times. Yep. He's torched Jordan. Jordan has torched him too. So it'd been a it'd been a, a good series. So yeah, they're definitely at number five. Number four, another team that's really near and dear to SP3's heart is the two thousand four Los Angeles Lakers. Um, yeah, <laughs> about that team. It, it, it wasn't a bad team. Me personally, I really, I thought that that team would win the championship. They got, if I'm not mistaken, did they get the gentleman sweep four to one? They got the they got gentleman sweeped in yes. the in the finals. Yes. So if we're gonna talk, let's talk about that roster a little bit. Of course, at the head of the snake, Kobe Bryant, Maurice Carter, uh, Brian Cook. Derek Fisher, Rick Fox, Devin George, Horace Grant, Carl Malone, a name that I'm not going to say, but he was the number fourteen. He was number fourteen on the list. You don't know that. You don't know his name. You go ahead, say his name. Slavko, Laker great. 
the fuck? Anyway, anyway, the Diesel, Shaquille O'Neal, Janario Pago, GP, The Glove, Gary Payton, Kareem Rush. I loved Kareem Rush. Brian Russell. Ugh. Ugh. <laughs> Jamal Sampson. Ime Udoka. And Sacramento Kings head coach, Luke Luke, Walton. Lukey Dukey, Uncle Luke. Um, They ran into a lot that year. Let's let's just... Can I I just say... Let's be completely honest. Can I I just say, this was the one and only time that I cried at the end of an NBA Finals. And it wasn't tears of joy. I was like, I was like really depressed. I was, I think I was like, what? I was, um... I was 16 years old. Mm-hmm. I was a diehard Lakers fan. I, I, I told everybody and their mama in the summer of 2003 when that trade was made. I remember. It was July of 2003. I was watching ESPN. I'm at home during the afternoon. And SportsCenter comes up. It's like, get in it. Carl Malone and Gary Payton have just made deals to go to the Los Angeles Lakers. I was like, what? And I was like, yo, we going to the chip. We gonna win this chip. It's a wrap. It's a wrap. We gonna win this fucking chip. No, y'all went to the chip, right? We didn't. And, 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 <laughs> no, and, and, and of course I'm thinking, hey, we gonna verse the the New Jersey Nets. We gonna verse one of these bum ass Eastern Conference teams and get an easy way to the championship. Right, because the the West ran into the Nets twice already. So you think, all right, the Nets are still good. They gonna go. They gonna go back. All right, we gonna get an easy win. Wrong. 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 Ran into Big Ben and Friends. <laughs> you ran into a determined Rasheed Wallace, the uh, uh, defensive player of the year candidate. I think he won it that year, maybe. Um, ben Wallace, Mr. Big Shot, Chauncey Billups, Rip Hamilton, mid-range maestro, Tyshawn Prince, one of the most underrated perimeter defenders. And hey. their bench was... Pretty loaded too. We went fifty six and twenty six. We finished uh, fifth in the West, but this was a this was a, a season that had so many things. This was the season of Kobe's uh, rape case, where he was going to to court on certain days of games and then showing up to the arena late. I remember his forty, I think forty four point performance on the day that he was finally acquitted against uh, against uh, the San Antonio Spurs. He comes out of court and drops forty four in a playoff game. I remember uh, this was this this was also the playoffs where we had Derek Fisher Derek Fisher's most famous shot ever the point four against uh, against the San Antonio Spurs. This I think this was in the either the conference final or the conference semis. So. This 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 season had so much going on for it. In the regular season, yeah. Kobe set the record for most forty point games consecutively and most thirty point games consecutively. I think he had over eighteen consecutive thirty point Wild games, nine straight forty point games. I think he had like another twelve or thirteen thirty five point games straight. Kobe is the reason they made it to the playoffs that year. And this was the first year that Kobe got robbed of the MVP. Yeah, we'll KG about. had a great year that season. Don't get me wrong. KG definitely elevated the Minnesota Timberwolves to be in that conversation of one of the top Western Conference teams. But without Kobe, with the injuries to Shaq, with the injuries to Carl Malone, and with Gary Payton being a shell of himself, the Los Angeles Lakers were going to be eighth seed or out of the playoffs without Kobe going off like he did. The only argument I have to that about the MVP without KG, Timberwolves, Nothing. 
Hey, I don't know that. They have Latrell Speedwell. They had the Sam Cassell. They had, they, had, they had their they best had scene Eddie ever. Jo- they had old Eddie Johnson behind KG. Get the fuck out of here. No. They weren't, they weren't doing nothing. They weren't going to make no noise without KG. KG. That was the best season KG ever had in his entire life. But um, a quote from, um, I believe it's GP. This was recently in the last year. They were talk- he was talking about why that team didn't work. He said the big reason was Carl Malone got hurt. They were 18 and 3. Everybody was talking about we were we were gonna get the Bulls record and stuff like that. But then people don't get it. We had a kid, Kobe Bryant. He was just a kid. He had gotten in trouble. He had a mindset, I think I'm going to jail. I don't know what is gonna happen. He's going back and forth to Denver. We didn't have him a lot. Then all of a sudden Shaq and the organization was having problems. Whatever could go wrong went wrong with that team. Um, I think they should have they they should have made some noise in the in those finals, but Detroit was just it was just too much for them. Detroit was already a strong core and a strong team like midway through the season, yeah. and then they added Rasheed Wallace, and then that completely changed the them. Yeah, that completely changed them and made them a championship contender. And they went from an Eastern Conference uh, winner contender to a championship contender by adding Rasheed Wallace. Right, and a lot of people don't understand how much Rashid meant to that team. Think about it. Um I don't remember who was playing the damn four that time. I'm not gonna lie to you. Before before Rashid, Rashid was there, I don't remember who was playing the four. Yeah. I don't think it was I don't uh, think my dice was there yet. But I, no, I, I don't think it was dice. But I don't remember who was playing the four, but Darko Milicic? He no <laughs> Darko. No, it was Darko. Darko, yes. Oh my god. Yes. Darko played some some games at the four. I remember that. <laughs> Darko has a ring before Carmelo Anthony. Like, Absolutely, and we're not we're now 15 years past that, and he still has one more chip than Carmelo Anthony. That's tough. And Chris Paul. <laughs> tough, yeah, tough. Tear. That's tough, yeah, tough. Tear. All right, so we got to get into our top three, and this is where we start talking about those super teams that won championships. Super duper teams. So coming in at number three, we're going to go with the 07-09 Boston Celtics. Like I said, Boston, in a lot of ways, did not start the uh, super team epidemic, but they were the first domino to drop. It was uh, KG basically... Uh, at his wit's end with Minnesota, Minnesota, and the story of the Minnesota Timberwolves honestly is worthy of its own episode of the Four Quarters podcast. So we got to talk about that for sure. But mm-hmm. Minnesota, uh, after years of holding on to KG, dealing with reshuffling of the roster, reshaping it, throwing guys like Stephon Marbury with him, Sam Cassell, Latrell Speedwell, Wally Zerviak, he finally had enough. He wanted, he wanted to win a championship, so he decided uh, basically at the at the fourth or the twenty fourth or twenty fifth hour, Boston made a trade to get uh, K- KG. No, no, no. They made the trade to get uh, Ray Allen, and then they I think they signed didn't they sign sign, K- in, I think sign, sign in trade with K- yeah. to get KG. I, so I, I look it up, but um, one fell swoop. 
They got the one of the best power forwards in the league, and they got one of the greatest all-time shooters in NBA history. Right. And this was after years of Boston always coming up short. If they did have a good team, they would come up short in the conference finals, or they would come up short even earlier in the playoffs. Right. A lot of years, they wouldn't even make the playoffs. The yeah. years with Rick Pitino and stuff like that. And they had a whole bunch of years where they had a very strong core with the two players of Antoine Walker and Paul Pierce, but they never could go above that. So this was really the turning point for Boston to really win champions again in a different era than they did in the 80s. Yeah, I I think with the construction of that team and how the league was moving at that time, everybody's looking forward to, oh, Kobe Bryant is doing the thing. Oh, Boston is doing their thing. Can we possibly get the rivalry back? Can we get Boston? Can we get L.A.? Can it be a, a wild finals? And that's what it ended up to be. But here's how good that team ended up being. They went from 24 and 58 in 05, 06. Or 06, 06, 07. I apologize. Mm-hmm. 06, 07. To 07, 08 going, winning a league high 66 games. They went 66 and 16. That means, so you said what they won in 2007? 24, 25 games. So they nearly tripled the amount of wins they got in 2007. Amazing. Like, <laughs> That's ridiculous. That, and that was the Celtics' first championship since 86. Um, When they won. Even that, that finals was insane. And, you know, we made jokes about it recently about the finals. Um, I think one of our past episodes, I think this was the finals where Paul Pierce cramped up. and But he really had to take a shit. <sighs> and, Man. and then he came back running out refreshed and, like, energized after everybody was they're tired. So basically, he, he got a 15 minutes to take the shit and, and drop a load and then just went off. Yo, fuck Paul Pierce. He a hoe just like Paul George. Fuck him. Fuck the Pauls. Fuck the Pauls. Yeah, <laughs> fuck them Pauls. Fuck them fucking Pauls. But I give them credit. They they were one of the best defensive teams that I remember. Um, just the way they played the Los Angeles Lakers. The way that game seven against uh, the Cleveland Cavaliers in yes. the conference finals, I'll never forget for the duel between Paul Pierce and, and LeBron, LeBron James. That's one of the best duels I've I was seen. Just in, like, and I'm like, Paul, I see you. Yeah, man. I see you. Yeah, playoff P, playoff P, kid. That was the original playoff yeah. P right there. Paul Pierce, he he definitely showed up in that conference finals against Cleveland. Yeah, let's go through that roster real quick. Ray yep. Allen, Tony Allen, and Mr. Clamps himself, Tony Allen, um, PJ Brown coming towards the end of his career, Sam Cassell at the end of his career, a young big baby Davis, uh, KG, Eddie House. Um, Perk, a young Kendrick Perkins, um, Paul Pierce, Scott Pollard at the end of his year, his career. He's been around forever. Yeah. And I think he was injured that year. James, a young James Posey, Leon Poe, the story of most of the, the, um, the playoffs. Yeah. Uh, Gabe Pruitt, he bench player. Yep. Rajon Rondo, young Rajon Rondo. Young Rajon. Yeah. Um, and the White Mamba. Yes. Brian Scalabrini. Yeah. Came out clutch in those game six and game yes, five versus the Los Angeles Lakers. And they had the, the one of the greatest comebacks in uh, yes. NBA Finals history. Right. And I think it was game four, game, game four versus the Los Angeles Lakers. Right. Uh, they came back from 20 down in the fourth in the fourth quarter. And the crazy part, just um, two years later, right? Mm-hmm. Two years later, just for the Lakers to do that to them. Absolutely. <laughs> so, 
we got <laughs> we got our win back. Yes. We got our win back. Got but back. we got to move on to number two. So at the end of the Lakers uh, Celtics uh, 2010 NBA Finals, mm-hmm. a lot of people questioned what's next. What's next for the NBA? And the big question was where LeBron James was going, and that leads us to number two. Where LeBron James went, he went to the the number two greatest super team in NBA history, the Miami Heat of mm-hmm. 2011 through 2014. This was a Miami Heat team where LeBron went on national TV, on ESPN, with a half an hour special called The Decision, and said he's taking his talents to South Beach. This followed up by a concert, a, a, a concert in front of thousands of people in Miami where LeBron, Chris Bosh, and Dwayne Wade stood on a stage with their new jersey and LeBron made the claim that they weren't going to win two championships. They weren't going to win three championships. They're gonna, they weren't going to win four. They were going to win five. They were going to win six. They were going to win seven. They won two. <laughs> but yes, it was quite the journey for them. Um, of course, coming up short in 2011 against the Dallas Mavericks, probably the uh, the the worst uh, superstar player has ever played in the NBA Finals was LeBron's performance against the Dallas Mavericks. Let me talk about that real quick. Yes, go ahead. LeBron, what the fuck was that? <laughs> like, I've never been so mad at a Finals in my life. I'm looking at like. I know you're really going to let old-ass Jason Kidd. And I love Jason Kidd. Jason Kidd is my favorite point guard. I was, him and Magic Johnson are my two favorite point guards. You're going to let old-ass Jason Kidd. You're going to let semi-old Jason Terry. You're going to let semi-old Dirk. Just go off for everybody. You're going to let them get, get their face back after losing to Miami in 2000, uh, 2006. Beat that ass. Whip that ass. Like, I'm like, LeBron, yo, my man, do something. Like, you, you're not going to stop it? Like, you, nigga. You're not going to foul Dirk hard? We going to injure him? Like, take a game suspension. They can win with just Wade. Come on. Like, come on. Like, and this and this it came after, you know, Miami got the, the, the albatross of the Boston Celtics off their back. Sorry. They were able to get past the Boston Celtics in the conference finals. You and yeah, everybody <laughs> thought it was just smooth sailing from there. I was disappointed because but also that didn't Dallas beat that Lakers team that year that we thought the Lakers that, were going to go to the finals. That's like, the, and that's why I said that's why I was disappointed because I was watching that and that that was a Dallas team that swept the Lakers, swept the championship Lakers of 2010. We came into 2011 playoffs and we got swept. By the Dallas Mavericks, so I was I was definitely rooting for Dallas, even though I did not like them for beating us. I was rooting for them because I wanted to say the Los Angeles Lakers lost to the new NBA champions, and at the end of the whole finals, that's exactly what happened. But a lot of people were disappointed because a lot of people wanted it to be Los Angeles versus Miami that yes. season, and that's why Los Angeles Lakers took that step the following season to get. Dwight Howard and Steve Nash because they wanted to meet Miami in the in the finals, but it was the Thunder, the Oklahoma City Thunder, the baby Thunder of KD, uh, Westbrook, and Harden, which meant Miami and Miami. LeBron James finally won the big one. LeBron took off his belt and whipped them kids' ass, bro. Whipped them babies' asses. He put the clamps on that, them. That was a fuck them kids moment if it was any, bro. Like, damn, James Harden, what happened to you, man? Like, that... I think that's the turning point for James Harden. I'm not going to lie to you guys. I think James Harden really 
realized that he was really a non-factor in those finals mm-hmm. and just turned the shit around and just turned into what he is today. Which is great in the regular season and, and still choking still in the playoffs. <laughs> But um, and then Miami followed that up in 2012, beating the Baby Thunder with the greatest, one of the greatest NBA Finals ever in 2013 yes. versus the San Antonio Spurs with Ray Allen having the shot Saving. that saved LeBron's legacy. Save LeBron's legacy because not a lot of LeBron fans want to remember the fact that LeBron missed the shot, which was rebounded and went back out to Ray Allen. Shout out to. Shout out for Chris Bosh for boxing out. Shout out to Ray Allen for hitting that shot. No, you better shout out to Popovich for sitting Tim Duncan oh, when he oh, needed yeah, a I'm, fucking I'm, rebound. I'm, I'm giving that too. <laughs> <laughs> yes, on behalf of LeBron Fans Association, thank you to Greg Popovich for giving us the second ring in a row. We we definitely appreciate that because if Tim Duncan's in there, Chris Bosh don't get that rebound. Nope. Chris Bosh don't get that rebound. Um, LeBron don't take that three either, so... Because knowing that if you miss, you may, you may get the shot back. Yep. Um, but in a lot of ways, what a lot of people don't really like, and I'm just thinking about it now, yeah. is that that shot saved LeBron's legacy, right? Yes. That was a shot made that changed LeBron's legacy. The other important shots in that series and that in specifically that game, those two missed free throws by Kawhi Leonard is why Kawhi is what he is today. I think so, too. I think. Honestly, he needed to fail before, and we saw what he did the following year. He destroyed the Miami Heat dynasty. He ended that super team because he had to step up. He had to put the clamps on LeBron and also deliver his own. So. Boy, he is three straight dynasties. He Not straight, but three dynasties. He, he killed. Yeah. He, he murdered them. Cold blood. Cold blood. That um, 13-14 finals, um, again, wasn't the best for LeBron, wasn't the best for the Heat in general. They played okay, but Kawhi played better. Absolutely. And we saw, we started to see the age of Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh. The signs was there for LeBron to move on right. because it was the end of that run. And he went to the Cleveland Cavaliers. We got to mention the Cleveland Cavaliers because, oh, yeah, they deserve <laughs> they deserve an honorable mention on our super team countdown because they were a super team for all of like, what, two, three months when Kevin, Kevin Love was still one of the best power forwards in the league and didn't get hurt. And then and LeBron then relegated him to um, Corner Island. <sighs> Catch and shoot. I get to paint. You catch and shoot. But no. Ruined Kevin Love. Ruined him. This is how it works. You you shoot. I drive. Kyrie, you do what you want. But you, K-Love, get in that corner. Get in the corner. Get in the corner. You put him on timeout. Horrible. Horrible. Yeah, I think that was was a slow move for LeBron. LeBron just could have shot better. And LeBron could have been in the corner getting ready to shoot. Because... In Miami, if we're going back to the Miami team, that's the best LeBron has ever shot in his yeah. life. Facts. Career life. Facts. Like, so, and they had a shooting coach with him. Shout out to my man, um, my man's foe. Um, we, we always speak about this. He had a shooting coach with him, Ray Allen. Yeah. He had Mike Miller. And James uh, Jones. James jo- James Jones. Yeah. James Posey. And yeah. House. He had prolific shooters everywhere. Teaching them the game. Teaching, teaching them, how to, them how to do it. But 
Of course, since we're talking about LeBron, we talked about Miami, we talked about Cleveland, we got to talk about the team that stopped Cleveland from even being a super team, from even being in this conversation as well. The number one super team in NBA history is, of course, the Golden State Warriors of 2016 through 2019. Um, we are not including the 73-9 and nine Golden State Warriors we're because... Gonna, they were built on their own. They were built through the draft. But in July of 2016, the second biggest decision in NBA history happened as Kevin Durant decided to sign with the Golden State Warriors, all due to the NBA's new TV contracts allowing Golden State to have the money to get Kevin Durant. And Dre has been pissed and been calling KD a hoe for no goddamn reason ever since. He's a hoe. Hold holds and whole things. But as we speak about it, like you said, he had a chance. He's a free agent. As a free agent, you have a chance to do as you please. You have a chance to do whatever you want. I call it a whole move because that's like getting beat up. If, if you're a crip, you get beat up by a bunch of bloods. You know what? Being a crip seems pretty trash. I'm gonna be a blood. What? After we've been through the trenches and shit together, just going up and leave. Granted, we didn't think he was going to win with Russell Westbrook. Let's all be honest. He never was going to win. He wasn't going to win with he was not but gonna win they, with also, they also threw away. They threw away four games, basically. They threw away four games. Maybe they threw away three. Yeah, they threw away three games. Let's say that. Not just Westbrook. KD was going nut too. Yeah. KD was doing nut shit too. The rest of their team was just. There because it was a good time for them, but well, KD had to go nut because Westbrook was going nut. They both were fucking nutheads. Just that that series. Well, because KD was like, "How am I playing with a fucking point guard who won't give me the ball?" He wasn't a point guard to begin with. I don't know why the fucking Thunder made him a point guard. So he's still playing point guard, even with Houston, where James Harden, a two guard, is a better point guard than him. Hey, that's that's life, I guess, <laughs> right? KD is seven foot tall. He's not playing center. He plays small forward. Also true. <laughs> so also true. He played power forward some too. Yeah, in that lineup. But as we talk about the Golden State, yeah, what a team! The best shooters, the best shooting. Let's just say that the best two shooters in the history of the league: mm-hmm. Clay Thompson, Stephen Curry, with arguably another top ten shooter in Kevin Durant. Right, and. You have the glue. You have Draymond Green who's doing everything. Six six five now that we know his real height. Yep. He's six five going against seven foot players. Grabbing more rebounds than him. Uh basically the playmaker on the floor. Yep. Um bench bench squad. Andre Iguodala, the NBA Finals MVP. Which uh, and I still to this day uh, say he should not. He should have got it. The not 2015 Finals not MVP. Steph. Stephen Curry deserved the 2015. You could have gave it to Steph, MVP. and if you wasn't gonna give it to Steph, you gotta give it to the loser. Yeah, yeah. Other than that, yeah. if you're not gonna give it to Steph, you gotta give it to LeBron, and LeBron lost. So it should have went to Steph. Yeah, it should have went to Steph. He averaged what 23 points per game in that yeah. series. Like yeah, Steph only had. I think one bad game. One bad game that whole series. Yeah, and yeah. that was because of uh, putting the clamps Delhi. Delhi. Della Dova. Yeah. Della Dova putting the clamps on him. But, want? yes, Golden State Warriors won the championship in 2017. And, that, and this was when Kevin Durant decided 
LeBron, you're not the best player in the world anymore. I am. And he shot that shot over LeBron in game three of the, I think, yeah, it was game three of the, of the 2017 NBA Finals. And then he followed that with the greatest performance of his career in the 2018 NBA Finals, dropping 43 in game three of the NBA Finals that the, season and, the, and the game winner. And then did the shot again. In the, in the, <laughs> and the, the same shot. The same spot. The same spot. Right in, in LeBron James' face. And this was that, I feel like that first shot, that's when LeBron was just like, shit, 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 KD, shit, shit. Kawhi, no, I'm not fucking with y'all. I already got my legacy. I'm yeah. good. <laughs> I'm good. Yeah, like, that's why. I got my three. Don't worry about it. That's man. why, even to this day, we were talking about on our last episode, like, LeBron came up short against Kawhi in the regular season. I feel like it all started in 2017 when KD put that shot in his face. He was just like, "Damn, that was my whole damn, legacy." Damn, I'm, I'm not, I'm not really as good as Jordan. Shit, <laughs> like, like, like Jordan wouldn't let that happen. <laughs> Second best ain't that bad. Damn, 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 Kobe wouldn't let that happen. Uh, third, third is cool. Third is but cool. I still got better numbers than Kobe. No, I got better numbers. I got better numbers. Yeah, I got better numbers. Shit, shit, shit. I'm, I'm going to have 30,000 points, 10,000 rebounds, 10,000 assists. All right, I'm cool. Okay, it's all about the numbers. It's all about the numbers. It's all about the numbers. I don't care. It's not about the championship. No, no not at all. No. That's what, Lakers got AD now. Let, let him do it. Let him do that. <laughs> but, yeah. The, the 2020 offseason. Um, yeah, my decision is to go to the Golden State Warriors. God damn, KD. Absolutely. I mean, AD, you too? Oh, Absolutely. But, uh, yeah, the Golden State Warriors, again, the reason why, again, we did not mention the 73-9 and nine Warriors team. Again, that was constructed out of draft and a lot of good luck. And the best defensive team that year, the best offensive team that year. If you have a team that's number one in offense and in defense, you're not beating them. No. And the teams that beat them, I think, weren't supposed to. No. I think the, the Nuggets at the time was trash. They beat them. Uh, a Lake Lakers trash beat them. But but uh, I will say like, I will say every every of the young teams that beat the Warriors are kind of good now. Yeah, like like I remember yeah. the Boston the Boston team with Isaiah Thomas. Yeah. They they beat them and then they went on to what make the conference finals that Twice. that that say yeah, yeah that same season and the following season. Uh the the well, the Lakers they all those young players got us Anthony Davis so I say we we did pretty well with that yep. and um <laughs> got you Anthony Davis got you and the Nuggets that the, the Nuggets beating the Golden State Warriors was the first time I heard of Jokic. Yeah. That was the first time I heard of him. Yeah, I was like, who is this guy? He, he's all right. Because they had Jokic and Jokic at that time. Yeah. Imagine if those two stay together. That That is like Elijah Wan and Samson all over again. Like, <laughs> like that's – and then you got – during that time, I think Jamal Murray wasn't even on the team. I don't no, know. No, no. But wasn't. imagine then drafting Jamal Murray eventually. Then getting Will Barton, getting the pieces around you. And it's like, yo – you have, let's say, top 15 point guard right now. I'll call Jamal Murray top 15. Maybe top 10 because we don't know. Top what 15. Top 15. Yeah. Um, which is good. Great. Yep. Out of 400 eyes on point guard, you mm-hmm. number 15 or in between that bunch, you're good. Yeah. Top three centers in the league, Jokic. Yeah, most definitely. Top 10 center. Top, another top 15 center in the league in Jokic. I mean, 
you know, their, their names. Yeah, 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 I know. <laughs> one is on the Blazers, one is on the Nuggets. You know what you're talking about. Nurkic. Nurkic. Yeah. So you have another top 15 center in Nurkic. Top 10 center in Jokic. Top three, I mean. Like, and then you got the pieces around you. You can't lose that way. Yeah. And that's why they've kind of been in the conversation ever since then. But like I said, the Warriors, they are the most dominant of all the super teams. Like, they didn't have to go 73-9, and nine, but their dominance in the playoffs is unquestionable. They they went, what, it was a... Uh, 16 or uh, 16 and 1, right? Yep. 16 and 1, which is one win more than the Los Angeles Lakers in 2011, which was the previous GOAT playoff team of all time. Golden State Warriors topped that in uh the 2018 or 2017 finals. Uh, playoffs. Um 17, the first one. Yeah, the 2007. Yeah, you're right. Gentlemen sweep in the first one. You're right. In the first final because the 2018, they went to game seven with uh, the Houston Rockets. So, yeah. yeah, it was 2017 where they had their GOAT playoff performance. But KG averaging 25 to 30. Um, Steph Curry averaging over 25. Uh, Clay Thompson giving you anywhere between 18 to 20. And Draymond just filling up the statue with everything else. It was just unstoppable. Unbelievable. And now, and even as we move forward to the year that they, they eventually break out, the 18-19 um, year, they were still a good team. Arguments or not, you don't want to run into the Warriors. You no. don't want to run into that little light-skinned nigga running around screen shooting three from half court. You do not want to run into the person who can score 60 without dribbling the ball. You do not want to run into a seven-foot monster who can shoot three from half court. You don't want to run into that. Yeah, and and even then, they, they were still a, a scary team. They were still the team to beat. Nobody's gonna tell me any different. But, but let's, just, let's just call a spade right. a spade. Even with the infighting, even with them a year older, mm-hmm. they only lost because of injury. Yeah, they didn't lose because someone was a they better lose, team than they them. They didn't lose to the better team. Yeah, they didn't lose to a better team. They lost because KG, uh, KD went down with the Achilles injury, and then Clay Thompson went down with the hamstring injury. And even with KD down, they still took Toronto to six games. So from, from game one to the last game of the finals, game six of the finals, they were the best team in the league. Yeah, undeniable. I don't care what. I don't care what um, Milwaukee did on the East. I don't care what Toronto did in the East. I don't care what Denver did. Even though I'm, I'm still like, eh. I don't care what Denver did. I don't care what the Rockets did under them. I don't care about Portland. Top to bottom, Golden State was a better team. Yeah. Even though the bench was depleted, still, think about it. Even if you put one or two of those guys on the bench, you put Steph on the bench, Okay, Quinn Cook is in for Steph. You still got KD playing with the bench squad. Yeah. You put KD on the bench, you still got Clay. Draymond Green is lugging mo- most of the minutes. It's It was consistent. Yeah. They were deep. They they could shoot the ball from anywhere. They can defend anybody. So he literally took injury and Dano snapping Kawhi Leonard, yeah. who was the best player on the court because KD went down. Right. And that's then, the only reason. And then the with the whole Kawhi thing, I looked at the game. The numbers don't say it, but he didn't play too well in some of those games. Well, he was but, hurt. He was hurt in that finals. Right. Yeah. And that that's all the other reason why I was thinking that the Warriors might just pull it out because Kawhi was hurt. Kawhi was playing 
like wounded and he still pulled it out. That's that's if, the greatness of Kawhi Leonard. And I'm gonna say another thing, and you may agree, you may disagree. Kawhi Leonard is now our generation's Kobe Bryant. And I say and here's why I say it. If you watch the Lakers game, you watch the Lakers and the Clippers game, you watch the finals, the the stone focus that he has is very Kobe like in the way he plays in the in the mid and in, in between game. He can get yeah. the basket at will and he can guard any position without even really just like, damn, I'm gonna get hit with screen. No. Like, that's how Kobe was. Kobe's nobody's like, oh, Kobe's an all defensive team monster, even though Kobe has been on the all defensive team. Mm-hmm. Kobe was a solid to pretty much great defender. He was a great defender. Yeah, I, I, I'm saying solid to great only because people are, people are Kobe hitters and he's great. I just want them to hear you say that he's great. <laughs> he was so, great. One of the best defenders at the position, just or just in general. And Kawhi Leonard just like that too. He does it on both ends. That's why I say he would. He's the Kobe Bryant of our era without the accolades. Let's say that. We can, we can further go into the debate down the line, yeah. but we got to tell these guys uh, for the Four Quarters podcast, yes. we're going to talk more about yes. the Golden State Warriors and especially, more especially, the final season of their dynasty because we got another collapse episode yeah, coming up. Yeah, and we, we're going to be, we want to get the dime, the drop the dime on everybody else. So we're going to do our collapse episode on the Golden State Warriors because yes. no, not even sports nation and their great videos have done that collapse story yet right. so we're gonna beat them we're to gonna the do that as soon as possible we so, will do that as, you, you might even get an episode early just to get it out hey you, our next episode we might be talking more about the ongoing nba season that just kicked off but in a few episodes you're gonna yeah. get that golden state warriors collapse episode right. so we thank y'all for listening to our super team uh top five countdown anything you want to drop to the to the folks at home before we wrap things up uh, of course as i always say thank you guys for listening thank you guys for your support and your feedback it is very important to us um we can only get better from here like i said we got a lot coming up we got um your interview with your nephew yes up, my so. my nephew uh starting point guard for bishop lachlan memorial high school here in new york city todd childs i'll be doing an interview with him about the upcoming season that's starting out out here uh high school basketball bishop mm-hmm. lachlan a top five team here in new york yep. so we're going to hear some words about what he feels about the upcoming high school basketball season uh, also his thoughts on the nba because he's a huge nba fan as well yeah i think if we should probably try and have him here, yeah, we, we can try probably have him here. Um, just interviews in general with um, the basketball community as a whole. Everybody has a story. It just takes the right people to listen and want to hear it. So again, if you're one of those people who want to be heard, again, reach out to us. We don't mind doing interviews. We don't mind having um, guests if anybody wants to speak about the upcoming topics of the NBA because we do have a lot of good episodes coming up. We we have the uh, Warriors collapse. We have the Knicks collapse, which is I think it's going to be more of a two-part. The first part is going to be the collapse, and the next part is going to be a bunch of Knicks fans sitting here <laughs> complaining and and. We're going to give them... Crying. Crying. <laughs> it's going to be a therapy session. Right. We actually might record that episode because there's going to be a lot of people in here just just tears and... and I'm going to get a box shots. of Kleenex for that episode. Shit. And, and, and a bottle. <laughs> just bottles of liquor just laying around, around the place. And ice cream. And ice cream. <laughs> 
tampons too. Like, like, y'all gonna sound like a bunch of bitches. So, no, but no, like I said, shout out to Knicks fans. I was the one once upon a time. My my health is in a better condition now. I'm not. Wow. But um, anything else you got coming up? Um, down the pipe that we should know about. Um, check out my wrestling uh, YouTube channel as well as wrestling podcast True Hill Heat. We got True Hill Heat fifty two up on the channel coming up uh, this week. Uh, we're talking about all the news going on throughout the wrestling world. Finn Balor's heel turn, Eric Bischoff being fired from WWE, New Japan Pro Wrestling of America. So definitely check that out and True Hill Heat. 53 will be filmed live at Love Story Bar in Brooklyn on November 9th for AEW Full Gear. So if you're in the New York City area, uh, we got two viewing parties for you guys. I know Dre, he does the uh, Jobber Tears viewing parties. They'll be in Manhattan. And we, the True Hill Heat, we're doing our second ever viewing party, Love Story Bar in Brooklyn on November 9th for Full Gear. True Hill Heat 53 at 5 p.m. And then Full Gear starting at 7. So come check that out. Dre, tell them about yours. Yes, um, we're going to be at Playwright on 35th. Um, same time, doors open at 6 o'clock. RSVP on the Job to His Podcast um, page. Hit up Wilkins, hit up Janelle, hit up myself, hit up Black. Um, again, a lot of good things coming out from the Job to His camp. A lot of good things coming out from the True Hills Heat um, camp. Um, again, wrestling as a whole, whole is family. Um, we just want to give everybody options, something good to see. Same thing for us uh, at the Four Quarters Podcast. We just want to give everybody options. If you guys have anything you want us to speak about, hit us up and in our inbox. We're always open. We're always open to answer questions. So, um, for me, Big Baby, Big Baby, and for the True Hill Phenom himself, SP3, we are signing off. Got a little noise to do with the, the horn, because I can't do it. And until next time. See you later. Yeah. Yep, yep, yep. Thank <laughs> you.